You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. There it is. Four days, eight hours, 56 minutes, and 13 seconds. This is it, people. This is not a drill. Last PHP Ugly before tech. Let me just put this back. It's been very exciting. A lot of hard work has gone into this, and we're super excited for next week. And I hope everybody has a good time. But for tonight, you're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, a weekly podcast brought to you by myself and a couple of my friends who make a living using PHP. We have businesses, we code, we make friendships. Just about everything we do is thanks to PHP and the PHP community. We talk about tech. We talk about anything that comes to mind. This show really couldn't be what it is today without the people who listen to us, who watch us live on the stream, and the audio podcast listeners as well. We appreciate everybody, obviously, but especially the live listeners. They contribute to the show in real time every week, and they're as big of a show as a big of a part of the show than any of us are. If you would like to join that crowd, you can do that. It's over at discord.phpugly.com. Just slip on in there, and the chatting goes on all week, but kind of ramps up Thursday night around 9 o'clock, which is when we record every week, 9 o'clock Pacific Coast time. Uh, your mileage might may vary depending on where you are in the U.S. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been a very good week. Uh, a lot of people have asked how stressed we are, and I honestly am feeling pretty good, like the quiet before the storm. But we're going to talk about all of that. Um, a few other things that make the show a little better. We have a couple of our sponsors, uh, JetBrains and Honey Badger, of course. As always, we appreciate you, as well as our supporters on Patreon. Um, big part of the show as well. We appreciate you also. We appreciate a lot of things. We're in an appreciative mode today. But let's get it started. I've, I've bogarted the, this intro long enough. I know it drives uh, Tom crazy. So let's just, let's just you know, get him in here right away. Uh, welcome to the show, John Congdon. <laughs> we have a new king of the diamonds. <laughs> we have an, uh-oh. Wait. All right. And Tom right up. I am the Diamond King. <clears throat> so, John, I forgot to tell you. Uh, John, Tom doesn't have uh, his studio mode enabled, so he, he has no control over when he shows up and when he goes away. So he's here. He's gone. He's here. He's gone. Uh, just thought, thought you'd like to know that. All right. John. What? What would you like to know? Who, who's the new king of the diamond? My son. So I had my my team at baseball practice tonight, our last one of the season. So I was 
you know, a little sad about that. <clears throat> I've grown to really appreciate this and played a new game, King of the Diamond, turned it into a little batting drill for the kids. And basically, you make contact with the ball, get it past the, the mound, you're safe. If you don't, if you strike, you're on the hot seat, and the next person to strike gets the previous person basically out of the game. My son, who most of the season has stood at the plate with the bat over his shoulder, watching pitch after pitch after pitch go by him, not swinging the bat at all. Last couple of games, he started swinging the bat, and then tonight he swung and knocked out seven of the 10 players. I was just in awe. He like watched the ball, made contact. Couldn't be prouder. Especially after that start of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Tom, how's your week going? Apparently, you know, for you. Uh, I am here in beautiful Monterey. I've been to the Monterey Aquarium this week. I've been to the Monterey Museum of Art and History and just doing all sorts of uh, corporate retreat type stuff. Cool. So you said you said this was in a large group of people. Is the yes. Is the entire group going and doing these things together? Yes. So I didn't I didn't know this, but Monterey Aquarium normally shuts down around six o'clock, and you can book it to stay open for a private event. So we had it all to ourselves, and uh, it was quite the experience. I had a yeah, one of to work there. Wonder if she still does. Coolest little events I've ever went went to was my wife has worked in the medical field for a very long time, and I guess one of these I don't know if it was a pharmacy or or the doctors or whoever, but it was a bunch of doctors, and they did the same thing at SeaWorld. And like oh, yeah, the little yeah. the little uh, lunch buffet was, I think it was in the penguin encounter. So like you went. The Penguin Encounter, if you haven't been to SeaWorld here in San Diego, it's depending on what time of year it is, it can be dark or, or light, but it's always like dark where the people are. So it was cool because you, know, you go down this little dark area, there's all these penguins like jumping around and swimming and you're being served food. And like like I said, the whole the whole park was open. Uh, it was it was pretty awesome. This is before they ruined it with all the rides and crap, but uh yeah, it was cool. <laughs> All so, the stuff yeah, that doesn't torture animals. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there used to be, and I don't know how they worked around it. I'm sure it's all legal. I'm not, I'm not debating that. But it, it used to be, for a long time, the SeaWorld had had gotten that property because the property is right on the beach in San Diego, like right by one of the more popular beaches in San Diego. It, it, where we had Wave Wave was right be- between SeaWorld and the beach. It was like right, right there. Um, but the rule was that they couldn't build, build anything over two stories tall. And that's why, with the exception of the little needle that they had up, that was the, the only exemption that they were given was that needle. And I, that held true for, for a long time. And the nice thing about it is it kept that skyline nice, you know, looking nice because it looked out and you saw water and and now there's just a bunch of rides, and I'm not a fan. 
I'm a grumpy old man, though. Love the rides. It's the only reason I go. Are you looking forward to tech, Tom? Very much so. I'm looking forward to sleeping in my own bed for two days and then going back on the road into what would be my third hotel in one week. And Your third hotel? Third. Yeah. So the the whole this whole trip actually oh yeah, it'll be my fourth hotel in one week. This whole trip was a lot of hotel switching. Uh, Google's got a Google's got a big conference in town, so the hotel we normally use wasn't available for the day that I had to get here before we went to Monterey. And then tomorrow I'm going back and the hotel that we normally use is available again, so that's where I'm going. Okay. So you the, went to one hotel, went to Monterey for a second hotel, going back to your normal hotel, and then wait, or tech. And then tech, which will be a, a Did fourth. Did you slip, John? I did. did. You well, because you said wave a minute ago, so <laughs> that was on my mind. It'll be much different than wave, I, I assure you. I have a question for you. This came up earlier. Uh, are you doing a video only type thing? We, like if someone wants to buy the recorded we, sessions. We are. We talked about it uh, last week. Uh, what wasn't there? Basically, phparch.tv or phptech.tv, excuse me. phptech.tv is live now. Uh, Eric committed last week to getting it live on Monday, and we did. So that is live. You can buy a virtual pass. So you can live stream during the event. And then after the event, we will make the recordings available. We are actually live streaming right now on phptech.tv. I don't know if John's already mentioned that. I did I did not. We uh, Yes. We are planning to have a free stream going, not necessarily of the sessions, but of something around the conference uh we're still figuring out exactly what that's going to be like we may live stream some of game night and what's going on around there uh maybe just have somebody walking around videoing what's what's happening so definitely there will be a what we're calling the lobby the landing page when you go to phptech.tv where you can see what's going on and then with a virtual pass you can go to the, the individual rooms as well yes i'm hoping cool. to uh just to give everybody a heads up i mean obviously i'd appreciate it if you if you bought a virtual pass it's uh not that terribly expensive i forget how, how much is it 100 bucks 150 100 bucks 100 bucks 100 bucks that's all we're charging i i tried getting more and you said no yeah oh, god <laughs> man oh uh yeah so is there an early pass, bird for that 100 bucks <laughs> I know John asked me, he's like, hey, do we have a discount code for the virtual pass? I'm like, no, we don't have a discount code for the virtual pass. The virtual pass is the discount code. So uh, fair. Question, it, what about, it wasn't just what about a discount. group discount? That's what that's where I was going, but I kind of agree with Eric. It's already dirt cheap. Yeah. But uh yeah, so right now PHP Ugly is streaming live in the lobby if you want to go there. Although don't too many people go there because I haven't pushed my newest code that I'm ha- happier with, <laughs> with uh, data, database management. But, uh, yeah, happy about that. I'm, I'm hoping, and don't hold me to this. So, again, I, I'd rather everybody buy a virtual pass and, and see all the talks. But I'm hoping to 
at least stream some of the uncons. Uh, we are going to have a room for uncons. Specifically, I'm hoping to stream the OSMI one, but I'm not going to do it if I can't do it justice. If I can't get them set up well enough where I'm happy with the stream, I, I probably won't do it. But yeah, if I can if I can slip a few uh, uncon streams into the lobby, I will. Uh, so even if you so, don't have a pass, you might want to pop on every now and then and see what's streaming. That actually kind of struck me because you didn't schedule a PHP Ugly Uncon. You don't schedule Uncons. With me. You didn't You didn't say, hey, we're doing an Uncon for PHP Ugly. Do you know what an Uncon is? No. You don't... Ed let me know he wanted to do an uncon, and I'm like, okay, we'll figure out what time you're going to talk, and then I'll, you know, like I said, I'll try to get some streaming stuff in there. But an uncon is just anybody just shows up and says, hey, I want to do a talk. I want to talk. And that you go into the uncon room, and you you pick a time, and you go in the uncon room, and you do your presentation. So you you can you can I, do your uncon as long as it doesn't violate the terms. Wait. But he wants to do a PHP yes. Ugly episode, and that's not the way it would work. So that that's not... All right. All right. So an Uncon is you have a presentation, like you submitted to PHP Tech to, to do a presentation, and you weren't selected, but you still want to try it. Mm-hmm. We call the, the room the Uncon Garage. You get to test out your talk, tweak it, you know, it, try it out. So you during the conference, we will have a board where with the time slots that follow the conference and you say, I want the 10 to 11 slot or <clears throat> the half hour slot. And that's all you do. You sign up, you put the title of your talk, your name, and be ready to talk on that day. So, so one of the slots could be a recording of PHP ugly live at PHP tech. But are you going to do that during the day before five o'clock or are you going to do it at night? At night, then it's not an uncon. Just well, that's do it. just you're just recording a podcast at that point, man. You, <laughs> you are you saying you want to do a live podcast during? If you do a Thursday, it's after I, the event. I just so. want to meet. I just want to meet our adoring fans and bask. We don't in have their praise. <laughs> I I absolutely have fans. I would say if there are fans of any of the three of us, it's me that has fans. <laughs> People, people coming Holy specifically goodness. to my defense from Eric. Oh, man. I am pretty sure I, of the three of us, I am the only one that has gone out of my way to meet up with people who ha- come to San Diego and say, hey, I'm going to be in San Diego. Yeah. I, I've even met up with one from Germany. I met them at the beach, at Dog Beach, and gave them free passes to the San Diego Zoo. I've been doing it for years. Yeah, I'm a reclusive celebrity. Have you never heard of this? Stop for, stop saying fans, stop saying celebrity. Just oh, stop saying those words, please. I, I, I've it, it feels like a couple it times, does it not? It does not. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I guess in the rungs of celebrities, you have like the real celebrities, you know, the Brad Pitts, uh, Harrison Fords. You got the like TV celebrities. Then you got the, like the uh, social networking celebrities. And then sure, you've sure, got your... your 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 new celebrities and then the the people who work in your car garage celebrities and and 
you know, we're we're under like your your kids' teacher celebrity status. That's that's where a podcaster lives. That's hmm. what we call celebrity home. Like, like Joe Rogan? It's kind of a big deal. Nah. I, I think he's a bigger deal to himself than, than anybody else. I'm sorry. Well, there is there is no podcaster I, I've I've heard of. Now I take that back because there are there are your TV celebrity status people who have podcasts. And if you want to give Joe yeah. Rogan that, maybe. Now that you like, bring now that you mentioned that it does having a podcast does take down their celebrity level a little bit, not up. <laughs> Thank so you. that does Thank that does much. sound that does sound wait, right. That wait, mark this. That may be the first time Tom's ever come around to your side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're putting this in the order bot. We're gonna put a little star by that yep. one. <laughs> oh man! If we yeah, if we get enough uh, Discord Nitro subscriptions, we can we can have an audio <laughs> audio board that just says that. Uh, so I mean, I I've answered this question a lot over the last couple of days. I know John, you and I have talked about it, but where where are you at? How are you feeling? I am excited. So yeah, we're at we're at that point where. There's nothing else we can do. We can't right. change too much. We've we've planned. We've got notes. We've got schedules. We've got like I think we've done a lot. Mm-hmm. So at least we we've tried to think about all the things. And I think every day one of us says to the other, "What are we forgetting?" Like <laughs> there's something we're forgetting. Uh, it it really is my nightmare through. scenario. Like I have issues. My my OCD just keeps me from like leaving the house without checking. I've got everything I could possibly bring with me that I need. Imagine doing that at a conference where it's just the the okay. I know there's something I'm forgetting. Well, it's children not, in the room crying. It's <laughs> not only that. It's all the stuff that we've had to purchase and. And have shipped to the venue or to Champ's place to to make it to the hotel, right. and just hoping it all has made it properly. And I I, my carry on right next to me, full of gear to bring, and it's like <laughs> I ha- I'm bringing yeah. a full suitcase of carry on for five boxes. <laughs> I I don't want. I I'm worried that we're giving the wrong impression, like. John and I aren't running around blind, like trying to figure things out. We've put on a conference before. Uh, I think tech is a little different because it's such a well-established conference and it's our first time doing tech. We haven't worked with this venue before. The equipment and us setting up the equipment is you know, going to be a new thing for us. So there were additional things for us to, to take on. The stress level John and I have been feeling over the last couple of weeks isn't. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Anybody thinking it's we're worried that we're going to bomb the conference. I, I guess you're <laughs> all, you're always a little worried about that, but it's just like we've been trying to do something that uh, the pre the previous organization had a dedicated team to do. John and I have been trying to do it while running our business, managing our clients, running a user group. So it's just been, we've 
definitely took on more than we could, you know, we, we took off a big bite because, it, because the conference was so new. I am feeling really good now going into it. Like we've locked in. I, I'm excited to get hands on with the equipment, make sure everything sets up correctly. Besides that, I'm feeling good. I'm actually looking forward to 2024 <laughs> because because we we've gotten so many things addressed this first go around. You know, we had to get the we we talked on the show about getting the equipment. We purchased the equipment and you know getting it physically moved, and there was just so many new elements to this process that. Um, you know, it was just a lot to take on, but the actual concept around running the conference, working with spe- speakers, working with the venue, making sure there was food. Uh, I'm, I mean, it's fine. It's it's just you know we're good with that. We're good with that. We've we've done it before, and we've we've been involved with it before. Uh, so I, I want think- I want everybody to know that you're going to have a good time. It's going to be a great time. Although I am going to say a woods. You need to be on the team next year if you're going to come up with good ideas and share them this late in the game. <laughs> oh, what did they would say? All right, so John's talking about uh, our Discord is is in there chatting up, chatting it up. Let me throw Discord up there. I hate the fact that it doesn't auto populate here. A swag idea, a blanket with the word security. <laughs> a blanket with the word security on it and the PHP Tech logo. I love that idea. We need to add that to Notion so we don't for next year. It. Yeah, um, um, I'm excited yeah. about ga- our game nights. So I purchased a lot of board games and card games to to be there based on recommendations and games I've played in the past. Uh, so we've got just a ton of things. Uh, I'm excited for the group game that we have planned. <clears throat> so we have. The two different nights, one it, we are running, uh, it's going to be basically a, a live quiz show type game where anyone that wants to participate can. And then the second night, Tim Lytle is is hosting the game. And we it has not been announced what it is yet. I've done it before. It is a lot of fun. And we've actually ordered a belt for the winner it may be a team maybe a team game so your team will have the belt for a year till next tech and then you have to give it up and and this is the last thing i want to say about about tech we we do we should start talking about other things that people might be interested in especially people not coming to tech uh but we, we we john and i have both done a lot of work um on this and like john said at this point we've done everything we can do you know we just hope everybody has a good time and and i'm feeling pretty confident they will but i have to say all the like socializing stuff that's all john like all the games and all that i i am not the socialite socialite i'm not that person i was much rather just like go to my room and be done with it. John was adamant, adamant about having game nights and, you know, not only game nights, but like food at game nights, alcohol at game nights. Well, drinks at game nights, not just alcohol. Uh, 
that's all John. So if you go to those things and you have a good time, you can thank John because that was 100% his doing. And if you don't, I guess you can blame me as well. Yeah. Yeah. You can blame Eric for putting John in charge. <laughs> okay. And speaking, like I said, one last thing for, for tech is one of our sponsors is a sponsor of tech, and that is PHP Storm, JetBrains PHP Storm. We do appreciate your sponsorship. And John will tell you a little bit more about PHP Storm. I will at some point. <laughs> I don't have I don't have the ad copy in front of me because you didn't tell me we were doing that. Uh, I literally said, let's get it done in the first 15 minutes of the show. Do you remember that 35 minutes. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're running a little long. <laughs> well, that's what, are you, what are you going to do? Uh, JetBrains, the PHP Storm is the IDE for web developers. If you make a living doing P- writing PHP code or any other code for that matter, they have an IDE for you. Uh, their new interface is amazing. They, if you haven't used PHP Storm in some length of time and you've had issues with it before, give it another shot. They've basically rebuilt the entire thing. It is now faster, more memory efficient, uh, more performant. They are a huge contributor to the PHP Foundation, and they work closely with internals. So they get to bring the newest features of PHP into the IDE before any others. Uh, If you want to have all the latest bells and whistles, highly, highly recommend PHP Storm. Been using them for years well before they were a sponsor of any of our uh, properties. Listen to me. We have properties. (laughs) (laughs) So again, try it. Try PHP Storm. Data Grip if, if you need a database access application uh any of their other ides give it a go if you're if you're going to tech uh swing by their booth as well matter of fact you're going to want to swing by their booth you're going to almost have to swing by their booth but you have to come to tech to understand why i used data grip today uh with john john and i did a little you taught me something new with it i've never used it the way you used it today to access a Redis database. That's what I was going to say. Yes. I saw that. I was like, that's brilliant. I never even thought to try that. Yeah. So I, I did some refactoring of some code and I slapped on an, a Redis database to the code base. And I was doing my normal thing in the ter- terminal. And I'm not super familiar with all the commands for Redis. It's not, there's not a lot of them. The main ones are set and get. So I, I kind of get those, but I kept fumbling around with a little bit. And then I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I have a data grip app. I bet you that has Redis on it. And sure enough, it did. And man, it was, it was helpful, right, John? It was. Yeah. Very so helpful. Yeah, data grip with is what nice. we were trying to do. Cause I've, I've only done it through the Redis CLI. Mm-hmm. So just going and getting the, having to filter and get the, keys i want so when i saw that i was like i've got to do that (laughs) yeah i I, i'm not sure how many data stores uh data grip doesn't support i'm sure there are some out there like i know it doesn't have couch which is another data store i'm big on but that's that's not a acid compliant uh data store it's uh it's a document store um but uh yeah it 
there you go through the list there's a ton of uh data stores it will support including did i see mongo on there i might have seen mongo on there i'm not i'm not even positive i don't quote me on that i i would have to go look but uh yeah there's a lot so yeah thank you JetBrains. thank you php storm uh mongodb is supported yep mongodb is, is supported wow is long, long list super long yeah, we've list. got redshift Derby, Hive, Azure, Cockroach, Couchbase. Oh, yeah. Co- cockroaches, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Mar- MariaDB, Oracle, MySQL, Postgres, Redis, Snowflake. Yeah, they, so you said they didn't have Couchbase? I see Couchbase. Well, it's Couchbase Couch- query. I don't know. I don't know if that's Couchbase, Couchbase and CouchDB are a little different. Very Couchbase is actually a fork of CouchDB that you know they went on to make a commercial product, and uh, I'm not sure ooh. how in sync they actually are. So All right, excited about that. Yeah, good stuff, man. Good we'll stuff. Probably hook up to CouchDB with the DDL data source. Hey, they support DuckDB, which if you I don't mean, want, this- if you don't, <laughs> if if you don't read the PHP Architect magazine, you should. We just had a whole article on PHP FFI, and the example code in there was using DuckDB within PHP. So yeah. I meant to have that segue. That was perfect. That was perfect. <laughs> uh, so, John, let me ask you, since we did some pair programming this week. Oh, by the way, did you see I asked you to review that? Say, give yeah, me, give me a scene check. Okay, I will. Um, I introduced you to a lot of uh, Livewire. I mean, Laravel, but you kind of knew Live Laravel. But yeah. I, I kind of introduced <laughs> you to a lot of the uh, the Livewire concepts. Um, now that you've seen it like firsthand, not that I'm expecting you to have like a final decision on it, but do you see any of the appeal of using Livewire now? I do. Uh, uh, there was there there was some magic happening there, which was driving me crazy. Oh, but a lot of magic, <clears throat> but yeah. But we, as we dug into it, and I started to learn how it was doing it a little bit more. It it is appealing, especially with the way you're using it on the site, where it's polling. It does all the JavaScript for you. Uh, mm-hmm. The the big thing for me was how is it getting the request data, and we figured that part out. Uh, so yeah, I I definitely get it. Although I like my commits because I didn't understand it. Oh, you have some classic <laughs> commits. I do. John, John was a student. Like I have no idea what I'm doing. Like comments uh, on his commits. It was. I awesome. didn't. I didn't feel like getting it working locally. So I brought the code down. I'm like, I'll make this change and just push it to production. Nope. Making this change yeah. to make this work. Nope. Made another change. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Although that one worked. <laughs> so if anybody's curious, uh, the phptech.tv site currently is a Laravel app. It's running on the tall stack. Uh, there's Tailwind, there's Laravel, there's Livewire, um, Alpine, JS, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's the full tall, tall stack. I, I slipped in my uh, my filament as well. I was happy to have that. So that, um, that little interface. That was the other thing driving me crazy. More magic. 
Uh, filament, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's a CMS. It's kind of like a CMS, right? It's it's like, yeah, it's a it's a shitload of magic, and you kind of have to understand like the conventions, like how you have to address stuff because it's not even like it's not even like Laravel magic, even though it's built on top of Laravel. Like the way you build the forms to to manage like a model is not like how you would think you would do it. It's 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 gotten easier for me, obviously, because I've been doing it for a while. But I do remember my my frustrations when I first started. Actually, when I first started, it was with Nova, uh, and it was like I don't understand what I'm doing. Like it doesn't make sense to me. And then it started to make sense. And then Filament actually kind of piggybacked a lot on some of the concepts that no- Nova. Am I saying it right? Is it Nova? Yeah, Nova's the the admin. Yeah. Panel for yeah okay okay it's been so long since I've used it it's like crazy but um filament kind of kind of piggybacked a little bit on some of the concepts uh, honestly from where I sit filament has surpassed Nova like by miles I understand Nova is still the love child of Laravel because it was built by Taylor and it, it's a paid product and all that but quite honestly. <laughs> I I haven't used Nova in years, so maybe there is something there that I just don't use. I haven't heard people gush over it as I have heard people gush over the stuff the team at Filament, uh, Darren and those guys are doing over at Filament. And the fact that you can just, they, they have a whole plugin system now uh, that you can just get plugins and Filament's fantastic. I tell you, I, I, I'm looking to use that more and more. I use it everywhere I can. Like typically when you have like the tall stack is what I normally deploy. And my tall stack almost always includes filament. Cause I just assume, yeah, I'm gonna use this at some point. I'd rather have it installed because I, I just kind of know I'm gonna use it. Can can we talk about the tragedy that befell Tailwinds this week? What? What did I miss? Google announced a new product. Google Tailwind. announced a lots of new products. What they are you announced a new about? product called Tailwind. What? And it is going to SEO the crap out of Tailwind. But Tailwind is already a hard one to, to you have to you have to know you you have to do a search for Tailwind CSS. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But just uh, just okay. uh just a real AI notebook. Hold up. Wait a minute. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to share a screen here. Yeah, not only not, not only did they announce a product, they announced a totally shit product that no one wants. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's maximize that so that let me get that zoomed in. Tailwind. Interesting. Okay. Uh do you, anybody remember how to share things here? I got it. No, don't worry about it. I, I figured it out. No, no, no. I I, I got it. Okay, I think this is it. Boom, boom. Uh, Let's uh, make Tailwind big here. Wow, Tailwind. Interesting. Tailwind AI notebook that helps with study and more? What? What is this? Yeah. Is this... Well, so the the one thing that, that Tailwind CSS has going for it is the fact that Google released a product called Tailwind, which means they'll kill it in about six months. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and everybody will be looking for Tailwind and just assume it's Tailwind CSS at that point. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was surprised to not see uh, 
uh, an Onion article about Google announcing 10 new projects to be canceled. So did you see all the, uh, you see all the Google products that got released? No. Google released a ton of products. Um, I shared it with, I shared a little bit of it with John. I I don't even have it on the show notes. I'll I'll have to pull up the, the website, but they're coming out with a, I, I'm a Pixel user. I've been a Pixel user for, for years. Uh, they're coming out with a Pixel flip phone. It's not flip. I did it's a see fold. That. The fold. Pixel oh, fold. Fold. Oh, oh, fold. fold. Okay. Well, I mean, what's the difference between a flip and a fold? So, one, when it's the fold, it's still a full-size phone. Flip, to me, is where it basically is a half-size phone. Yeah, it's and like a clamshell. There's, yeah. What? But actually, when you unfold it, it's bigger than a full size phone, isn't it? Right, that's what I mean. Right, but when it's folded, it's the same as a regular size phone. Right. To me, to Uh, me, a flip is the old. What what do you say? Clamshell. You basically fold your phone in half, and you can't use it anymore. Yeah. So Samsung did release a flip, like a bending screen OLED flip phone. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, see it today. I learned. So they they have a I I'm I'm not interested in a flip phone or a fold phone. Uh, I might be at some point, but honestly, hundred dollars. <laughs> this is not something that uh that interests uh, interests me currently. But it it is interesting that everybody seems to be doing this. Now the thing I am a little interested in, and I may have to purchase, is they finally released a pixel uh tablet so it's wait it's a pixel is it is that what it's called pixel tablet i think that's what it's called a tab lit a new yeah new pixel tablet now i am interested in this because i'm pretty vested in my google products for better for for worse i have my assistant over here and i've been thinking for a while to get like the the I think it's called the Google Max, which is like the assistant, the big screen assistant. But I'm like, that's not really what I want. What I, what I wanted was what I have back here with the iPad. So this iPad right here, I can have it on this base, which it's, it's being charged on the base. It's this uh, keyboard system that it has. And it has a plug into the keyboard that charges it. And then I just pop it off. And, I, and then I have my tablet. And then when I'm done, I come back over. And I click it back on. I click back on, and it's there. So I'm like, that's what I want. And Android tablets have just been notoriously horrible. Horrible. I gave up on Android tablets years ago. That's why I have an iPad, because I see the benefit of having a tablet. But the only people doing it right today is Apple. So I was very excited. Android tablets had no lowest end spec that's the problem is like you could make a terrible android tablet and google wouldn't care uh whereas apple is like only the high-end stuff so if you if you spend well, apple, it's only, apple only money apple, only apple right made the ta- the so if you spent yeah. apple money on an android tablet you got a pretty good device but if you tried to save 100 bucks that's when you started getting really shitty devices right so this this looks like kind of a blend between the Google Max and an iPad, where it's a it's a tablet, it's a Pixel tablet that has this wireless charge base station that you can clamp it onto, and 
I'm curious. I, I'm not going to get too googie over it. I, I would like to see one before I purchase one, but I wouldn't mind seeing. And the other thing that Google hasn't done that Apple does really well is that that synergy between its products, right? Uh, so many people, I, you know, I talk to love that synergy. And now that they have a watch, which I heard the watch is pretty bad. I I was like, I was first in line o- online to, to get the watch the moment it was released. And then I started reading some of the reviews. I'm like, oh, nope, that's all right. Not, not getting it. <laughs> but uh, the, Pixel has a watch now. They have a tablet. I'm really hoping to see that synergy that you see with so many other devices on the Apple side of the fence. It would be nice. That's what I was hoping for with the Pixel 6. Like I was a big Pixel user prior. Had too many problems with the Pixel 6. Uh, Kept waiting for the Pixel Watch, and it never came out. So I jumped ship and went to Apple. (laughs) And like you said, that synergy is nice. When it's there, yeah, you're dead to me, <laughs> Tom. You're muted. Uh, oh, okay. There you go. What? You're good. I have some interesting uh, uh, news that you'll like to hear. Is uh, I've started the approval process internally to start using our good friends, Honey Badger. Really? Hey, yep. Honey Badger. Uh, Honey Badger has been. Just okay, Honey Badger, sponsor of the show. We'll we're gonna get into the little commercial. We have the little commercial for them. Let's do that first. Let's do the Let's, commercial first, then we'll talk about things because we'll be we'll be right back. And now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Classic Tom. That did look infected, however. You probably should have somebody to look at it. Oh, hi! If you know me, you know I'm somebody who literally wears a lot of hats. I'm a podcaster, a publisher, and a coder. What I'm not is somebody who has a lot of time worrying if their site is giving their users problems. That's why I use Honey Badger. Now, let's be honest. Honey Badger is a sponsor of the podcast, but that's not why I feel good talking about them. I've been using Honey Badger for years and couldn't be happier. Honey Badger has a suite of monitoring tools specialized for developers. It's the only system that combines monitoring, uptime, and cron heartbeat monitoring into a clean, fast interface. Honey Badger offers a generous free tier, and with just two lines of code in about five minutes, you can start monitoring your application. Personally or professionally, it works for everybody. Honey Badger can help you identify and fix problems sometimes before the user even knows there's an issue with your site, and at no cost to, to sign up, it's literally free for peace of mind. So go over to honeybadger.io and sign up for a free account today. What's going to hurt? If somebody asks you, tell them the Ugly Squad sent you. Now I got to get back to podcasting. I got these co-hosts I need to talk to. And they are co-hosts. I don't care what anybody says. I'm the host because I'm cooler than all of them. Thank you, Honey Badger. Guys, don't be rude. Think Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. Thank you, Honey Badger. See, Eric, I don't think you have to say thank you, Honey Badger, at the end of that one. I think it's me and John who have to say it. It's true. (laughs) I I, I did it already. Yeah, so Honey Badger is is 
hooked into the phptech.tv site and it has done just that. It made me, it has notified me of issues with code deployments before anybody else recognized there was an issue. Now, I'm not saying I haven't gotten a little help from people on Discord. Uh, been several people who've helped me out uh, find find little problems here and there, but but yeah, Honey Badger has been great uh, at you know catching things and giving me an opportunity to get in there and fix it before somebody real, realizes something's really wrong. So tell me, I, I you're also. Saying- I also coded the site, so hardly anything ever goes wrong. It's <laughs> butter. It runs like butter. And, and so your environment variables are all wrong, and then things kind of yeah. go oh, sideways. Thank you, John. <laughs> I wanted to make sure we brought that up. I need somebody to give me a sanity check in Discord. As we said... Just tell him he did it wrong, and you're good to go. You want If you want to be part of the live show, this is your opportunity. Discord! And then if anybody listening to this afterwards and wants to DM me or, or message me on Twitter, that, that would be great. But Discord, tell me I'm not crazy, or maybe I am crazy. Uh, we're using Envoy to, to manage deployments of PHP tech. I'm going to get back to that. And uh, we're going to get back to what? Envoy? No. The blonde JT. Oh, Okay. Uh, so if you're not familiar, Envoyer is another product brought to you by the Laravel team that just does deployments for you. And one of the things it does is it lets you manage your .env file on the server without having to log into the server. So you just bring it up. Uh, you're challenged with like a password and you put it in and you see it. And... I, we had some things happen, and I happened to be on the server at the time. I'm like, well, let me just change this since I'm here. And I changed it on the server. Now, understanding how Envoyer works is important. Um, it does it does your storage folder and your .env file, it actually brings it up a level because what it does is it allows you to do, it allows you to keep deployments. So when you do a deployment, It'll deploy to a brand new folder. So you don't have any crud from a previous deployment. It's Everything is a fresh deployment. It has a bunch of jobs that will run through. And as long as everything gets through without an error, error, it will cut over. And the way it cuts over is it creates a sim link from this folder called current to the latest deployment. And the current folder is what's configured like in your web server and all that. But when it does, one of the things it does is then sim links back to your .env file in your storage folder. Now, I say all this because I want you to understand that your .env file does not change between deployment. It's the same .env file after every deployment. At least as far as I know, it, it's, it's still that way because it's still a sim link. So why would it not still be like that? Because how, in, how it, my, in my opinion... On deployment, it takes whatever env file you have in Envoyer and brings it down and puts it in place. So this is your but, but it's it's the same place. It's the same file. It's the same location. Right, There's no but, reason for it to do that. But okay, so let me, let me explain to you the problem, and then you and I can I can I can tell you why you're wrong, John. <laughs> uh, Good luck. So I I was on I was on the server. I'm like, oh, let me just change this one thing, and I changed it. 
And the next time we did a deployment, things went wonky. Like, I'm like, what the hell? What the hell just happened? And we we track it down to the .env file was completely out of sync. Like, it had a bunch of stuff that was in there that, that we needed in there, but then it was missing a couple key components. And one of the key components that was missing was this new component that I had put in. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, nothing's changed. Like, we haven't, we haven't changed... We haven't gone in there and, and changed anything else. We just did a deployment. This is like the so, easiest problem. So my understanding of it is it worked like Forge. So if you have Forge, you can kind of do the same thing in Forge. But and maybe I'm, I, I don't know how Forge works either. But I thought that Envoyer, when you pulled up, when you requested your .env file, it would pull it from the server. And then allow you to, to to modify it and save it back. That clear, clearly, is, clearly isn't the case. And I think one thing that, that kind of alerted me to that was the fact that you can have multiple servers attached to a deployment. So you can have your .env file right to like certain servers, not other servers or all servers or whatever. But I, I could have sworn that I used to be able to edit the .env file on the server as well as an Envoyer. And I want to be able to do that. And if, is there a way to actually do that? Because clearly that doesn't work out of the box today. I I don't think it would or should. Your deployment should, shouldn't be happening on the server. You're, you're, when you change the files on there, it's a temporary change. And on a deployment, it's going to put the stuff back from your deployment system. And many deployment in, in schemas case, don't even use the same server. Like a lot of AWS stuff spins up a new AWS instance and then swaps that's the not, servers. But that's not how Envoy works. Envoy, you have to define your servers. So here's the thing, John. And, and this this is this is the one caveat that still kind of confuses me. Is what uh, what if on each one of those servers the credentials, like the URL or or how I get to the database, is different. So they so need to be the, there's there's your ENV, which is shared amongst all the servers, and then there's your server, your individual server environment, which you define in Envoyer. So you can override right, your 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 way off your way off base there, Tom. What are you talking about? I, this is how I, it worked with Deploy HQ that I used. Is that oh, each that's server? Deploy, that's Deploy HQ. That's not Envoyer. No, but I'm saying like it seemed like this was a pretty standardized way of doing things. Was that your ENV was your global stuff, and your environment was your specific to a server stuff. Right. So that's my point. Right. Is my it, John, but your environment's not in your ENV it, file. What what the what do the initials ENV mean to you? Because I mean, to me, it means environment. It's your it's your dot environment file. But right. I could be wrong. But but John, but, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like you don't manage your dot env file, and like traditionally, you know, your dot env file, your production env file, should only be on your production server. Like that's how you keep. You know, that's one of the ways you keep it secure. Mm-hmm. So the right. fact that it's it's somewhere else is like, okay, wait a minute. You're saying, you know, potentially. 
the people at Laravel have access to all my .env files? It's like, wait, uh-huh. what? I mean, you you put the env values into Envoy, right? And and you know that PHP so, isn't reading the env file, right? Would you stop asking stupid questions, John? Yes, I know, I know that, Tom. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, what do you mean? It, wait, 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 wait. What? Yes, it is. No, it's not. The env file populates Linux environment variables. No, it doesn't. It does. If your web server, your the, the user your web server is running under, has all of those env values as environmental values. That's the way it should no, be done. But, no, but with a dot env file, it's read by PHP. Why do you, Why do you think there, there's 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 a package for dot env files? Right. Right. I mean, isn't that right, what, that's what it. That's what that package does. Is it reads the env file, populates it under the current user for the web server, okay. and then everything that's is read out of the environment. But that's temporary. Really it's temporary, but that's how it works. You can set, but but it's still reading it. So right. it reads it in and puts it into the environment that you are then reading out. Right, so, but the way it you should can work. set. No, it, me, so let, in your deployment you script. Hold on, before you before you go too far down this rabbit hole, Tom. If your theory is correct, how do how do servers that host multiple sites manage their env variables? It's for the instance of the PHP FPM that's running. Well, not 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 if it's well, but but you can only have you can have one instance of PHP FPM for for multiple sites. Like you like each one doesn't necessarily have to have its own instance of PHP. Hang on, I got it. Oh, he already spoiled it. I was about to say circumference. Um, what is circumference? It's, so what it's I'm, in, what it's I'm saying is, if you use the EMV method, you can pull server environment values right. with it. And that's how I've always used per server settings, is that the ENV goes out, and PHP does its thing reading from the file and populating the environment variables. But then the deployment script also sets environment values on the server. Only one way to put this to put this to rest. Chat GPT, does PHP read the actual .ev file? Yes, it does. It reads Tom, it when it boots. Right, but that's not PHP FPM, the PHP instance that you're on. Right. <gasps> so it does. It's it's not going to. Uh, what? John. <laughs> what? Oh, John, stop talking. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a second. Let me let me let me read the whole thing. No, PHP does not directly read the actual .env file. The .env file is typically used by frameworks like Laravel to load environmental variables into yeah. the application. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Okay, you're not. Yeah, you don't have to do it manually. It's I'm saying. Right, I'm, right, saying right, I'm, right, sorry. Do it. I'm saying that the env method does yeah. not read from the env file. The PH- env method, right? PHP reads in the env and then appends or overwrites what's on the system env. Right. So, so you what, take your system env along with the env file, and you have your environment. Uh, yeah. Traditionally you don't have shared hosting, so it becomes less of an issue. Your deployment shouldn't even write a .env file. Your deployment should right. set the environment variables on the server That's what and I'm be saying. done. That's what should be done. But if you have a .env file, PHP is reading it, 
and appending to your environment. Right. We're going down a rabbit hole here. No, we started say, going down a rabbit hole you're, when you pulled up chat GPT. Your ENV oh, is yeah, stored. That's what started going down. Uh-huh. <laughs> you stored the ENV with the server on Envoy. So on a deployment, it's going to write that ENV file for you. I don't think it does it on a deployment. Well, we will have to agree to disagree. No, we or just have to agree that you, you're wrong. But it, it will. It does apparently write it when you pull it up and then save it. It it definitely does seem to write it, and I and I never questioned that. Obviously, I knew that's what it was doing. I've used that, but I thought that if I modify the .env file on the server itself, somehow that was bubbling back into Envoyer. And the way I assumed that was happening, that'd be a massive security problem. The well, contents of your environment will be placed in a .env file within your server's project path. You may also use .env library in your project to load the files. Of course, if you're using Laravel, your application already supports loading the environment variable, or the environment file. But imagine if someone compromised so, your server and was able to, to change your deployment pipeline by just compromising your server. Your, your deployment pipeline isn't on your server. The only thing Right, you but you're saying if it bubbled no. up, if you if you change the env file on your server, and doing so modified your deployment pipeline, it doesn't deploy. It doesn't modify the deployment pop, pipeline. But that's what you're saying. You want. But that's what huh? you're saying. You want. You want to get on the server, change the env file, and have it update an envoy. So that on the next deployment, it you have doesn't the right one. do anything on a deployment. It doesn't do anything on a deployment. Watch I could this. be wrong here. <laughs> I, I I'm making a hard I. Hi, you are wrong. Eric. Then you click the button. Okay, the button says update on server. So when you save the file in Envoyer, it updates. It updates. On ser- right. But when you do a deployment, and you can look at the steps that it's doing in the deployment, John, as well. They're, those okay. are there. So the, the issue isn't necessarily on deployment, like you said. Okay, I concede. It doesn't happen on deployment. But you updated the EMB file on the server, not in Envoyer. So that the next time somebody went to Envoyer and hit update environment, all the old crap went with whatever change was made. Right. That's apparently what's happening. What I'm saying is what I thought was, how I thought it worked is that when you rec- when when you type in that password, say, hey, give me my environmental variables, you type in that password, I assumed that it would put, like pull a check checksum of what's on the server, see what it has, and says, okay, these checksums match up, you know, it's fine, or see that they don't match up and say, all right, let me pull, let me pull what's on the server because clearly that's been updated. Right. And that's but if you did that, that's a security problem. It's not a security problem. Because then if, if you compromise if you're the on server, my server. If you're on my server and you can change my .ev file, that's the security problem. The fact right. that it then gets stored somewhere else is not a security problem. It is if you if you it, can fix your issues with a redeployment. If you could say, hey, I want to redeploy my my site to, to undo whatever it happened. Yeah, because there's but no version. Con- but a redeployment will not update your .env file. Well, that's, you an, still, that's, you still that's an issue. You still have to go into Envoyer. You still have to go into Envoyer and save your .env file again. At which case you would see, hey, this isn't right. Every deployment should recreate the .env we're going round and round in circles here. I just <laughs> move on. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure one of us will be corrected a million times over over the next week at Tech. And I'm looking forward to people letting me know that I'm right as far as the .env file does not get pushed on each deployment, which I'm Okay, so we should, be, right. we should be arguing about something that somebody is already speaking about at Tech. What's that? Just to just to lead the no, just to lead the listeners on. Are they are what, who is it? Who's right? Who's wrong? We don't know. If you want to find out, come to PHP Tech. <laughs> Nuno will be there. We'll ask Nuno. Maybe he knows. Nuno will be there. Nuno will know. Nuno. That's will gonna know. be awesome. And so will J Mac, and so will everybody else. So I'm conceding that the con the idea that it will bubble up from the server does not happen. Let's be clear on that. I am conceding that. I thought it did. I thought I remembered that's how it used to work. But I am 100% conceding that's not how it works today. I saw that firsthand. What we're disagreeing on is whether or not the .env file gets deployed on every every deployment. No, I, I, I conceded deployment. that. Well, Tom has not so. That's the <laughs> no, it does. It gets deployed like, like on every deploy. Nope. So you, me, Nuno. Next week, this time, what time is it? It's it's this time next week, Chicago. You mean Nuno. We're, we, we will put this to rest. It does not get deployed in every All right. And I'll have an unconference talk about it when we figure talk it out. Talk about why, why that's wrong and it shouldn't be that yeah. way. Yeah, why, why <laughs> the way it's being done is incorrect. I had simply based it off of logic. <laughs> and this is yet another reason why you don't like Laravel and you don't use Laravel anymore. So Envoy uh, is a, a one-to-one, right? No, it's not. And and that that's that's one of the things why why I'm conceding that I'm wrong is you can actually hook up multiple servers to a deployment. So you, like imagine you have like a load balanced environment right. where you have four web servers. So you get the same deployment happen on, on all that, the, all the machines. That's why when you change the environment in Envoy, your only option is save on servers. Like you click the right. button and it saves it to the servers. Supposedly, they encrypt the environment, so they have no access to the data outside of that I moment. Assume. Yeah, I assume. So, what I not, you put in a password, which supposedly decrypts it from what they have, shows it to you. You make your changes, hit save to servers. It deploys it, re-encrypts it, and then puts it to rest. Right now, what I'm not clear on now, with all that said. And I don't have an answer for this. Is uh, uh, what you just said, John, is one hundred percent right. You you pull up the .env file, and then if you had multiple servers, there would be multiple boxes you would have to check to save it. And if if it's if the server is connected to that deployment, and that .env file is for that deployment, why do you have to do that? Like, why doesn't it just automatically say, "Okay, I'm deploying this to all the servers," or I'm not deploying it to any server. Like that, I can see the other side of that where you, you can say, I don't want you managing my .env file. Don't deploy my dot, you know, don't deploy a .env file. I will manage env files myself through another system. I can see that. Like all or all or nothing, but you have the ability to check the servers you want it to deploy to. And I don't understand the concept behind that. That doesn't make sense. Good question. Don't have an answer. Thank you. 
Uh, what's happening? I want to go back what? to pair, pair programming. It was talked about. Well, we have in the context sponsor to talk about, don't we? Oh no, we did. We did both our sponsors. We have yeah, we Patreons did. on Patreon to talk about. Uh, Buttery, I think, brought up pair programming. Granted, in Discord, it was in the context of talking about D and D, and is it a RPG? But Eric and I have done a lot of pair programming this week and last week, and it was it's been fun. We've worked on the PHPTech.tv site. Uh, what was it? Actually, I guess it's all been that working with Stripe and databases, and it's just been fun going back and forth and talking about the code as as it's happening. Yeah, and what's been interesting? I don't know how I feel about it, but. I guess it's really how pair programming is supposed to be, where one person's driving and then one person's kind of like helping out and and whatnot. But like I keep telling John, it's like, hey, let's do the code with me. Let's do the code with me. And John's like, nah, I don't really want to touch your code. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, just just do a zoom. Just do a zoom. Well, I don't wanna, so I can't I say the thing, name on any of these commits. The thing I really like about code with me is that. I don't have to use your insane line numbering format. Right, I'm, I'm, I can I can use my own line numbering. For this is you got music going on here. Added music to this one. This, uh, we need to we need to make ourselves smaller. How, oh, there we go. This is probably better. There we can see all the names. Paul uh, K still our, with us. I'm glad to hear that. All of our supporters on Patreon, they just joined last week. So they're, they're, at very least, they're good for a month. Like they, they have to, they pay for a month at a time. Well, so. I'm glad, I'm glad to see that they didn't see that they were listed last week and demand to be removed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got, uh, okay, let me know. How do you guys feel about the music? You guys like the music? You guys? I like it. It's low. It's low enough. Chill. Yeah, it's chill. Nice. Very cool, cool. Um, so yeah, thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon. I'm looking forward to meeting some of you for the first time at Tech. No, I think I met. No, I haven't met everybody. I don't know. I'm looking forward to Tech next week and putting some faces to names. So I'm saying about that. Now I know that no one who works at Slack is actually listening to this, but if I could get an integration that allowed me to start a pair programming session instead of a huddle. Through PHP Storm, oh, that would be the best. That would be the best. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Uh, so we need to write a JetBrains plugin that has a Slack integration. Yes. All right. I gotta look that up because I bet you there's something out there. Yeah, I don't know about JetBrains. Pair programming with Slack. Let's see. There's something out there. Oscar, we love you. You're the best. Is, is Oscar giving me a hard time? No. He's, no, I guess not. He's pimping PHP Arch. Oh, I gotta love PHP Arch. Yeah. I'm surprised he's still listening to us. You know, Oscar, you don't have to listen to the podcast. All yeah, sales are vital. It's late. <laughs> it's late. He's our yeah. most productive unpaid employee. Oh my god. It's it's embarrassing how much work he still does on the magazine and for less money now because he does get paid. It's crazy. Like 
every time John and I think we're we're like getting getting our feet under us with the editorial job and things we're supposed to do, Oscar zooms in and is like, nope, you did this wrong. This isn't right. This is wrong. This is right. every month. And we I I'm not even exaggerating. We appreciate it so much. <laughs> it's like, it's like I almost I almost don't want to release the print edition until we've heard back from Oscar. It's like, all right, John, just give it another day. Let's see if you hear anything from Oscar yet. <laughs> now, to be fair, the list has gotten a little smaller from the early days. Yeah, yeah to be fair, it has. It's not like we're that. putting the entire job off. Like, yeah, we'll half-ass it and let him do it. Well, that's the that's the that's the thing, right? It's not even like we're not trying to do a good job at it. We're just just not good at it yet, <laughs> and I'm sure it's just like you know a learning curve. But yeah, and we it yeah, I want to say it. <laughs> we need articles. If you want to write for PHP Architect, let us know. Yes, now is a great time to write. Uh, there's. You know, if you didn't get accepted to speak at a at a like a local conference or like some big PHP conference you're hoping to be able to speak at, we feel your pain. But you know, we'll we'll definitely uh we'll definitely publish your material if you write for us. Uh, we definitely and pay you for some it. Feature. Yes, we pay. We Maybe pay. I'll start doing a comic. Do you have a comic? We sometimes do sometimes, uh, but I would definitely be happy to do something from a local person from the PHP community. Uh, we reached out to somebody and said, hey, uh, can we use your comic in our magazine? And he's like, uh, I'm not really a PHP developer. I'm like, yeah, you got enough funny stuff that, you know, anybody <laughs> we'll, can We'll even give him a plug. Turnoff.us I'm glad you remembered because I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, Turnoff, that's it. He, he's a funny guy. Uh, he's He's you know, full-time, you know, tech geek. He doesn't make a living off his cartoons. He even said that. He's like, yeah, I don't, he's like, I don't get any money from this. You're more than welcome to use it. Uh, so, and I like it. I think he's hysterical. So we've been, we throw those in the magazine every now and then, especially when we're, we're looking to fill like a little space somewhere. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if you come up with something and that, that, that goes for anybody. Uh, if, if you don't want to write an article, if you have another idea, uh, ping John and I, and if it if we see you know we think people in the community will like it, we will probably do do we something a, with it. We have a new column coming out in probably the June or July issue. Yeah, yeah, we Let's have see. the first. I don't want to announce it until from, we actually have uh, content from them, but yeah. we have commitments to content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oscar said he he's he's been having trouble sleeping ever since turning over operations to us, John. He just keeps them up. <laughs> it's like they're they're driving it into the ground again. Damn it! He's like they're going to ruin yeah, PHP. But, yeah, but listening to us talk puts him right to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he tunes in. Got to find a way to get to yeah, sleep. Yeah, th- Thursdays are the only respite he has. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're running long. We're running long. Anything that was way too envoy envoyer heavy. It was envoy heavy. It was uh, storm heavy. It was tech heavy. Uh, the good news about that is after this week, you'll only hear us talk about tech a little bit 
but none next week, unless, of course, Tom actually podcasts from Tech. Then you'll probably hear something about it. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll keep talking about Tech for a while. Sorry, it's reality of things. We'll continue talking about what happened, how it went. I'm excited. The list, of th- the list of things that John and I have like put together of okay, next year we do this, you know, because we kind of came up like there there are certain things that happened last minute, and it's like oh, we probably don't have time to do it, and it's just it didn't really it's, it didn't add value to the to the conference. It's just like would have been like fun things for for people. We even had some sponsors like try to slip in the last minute. It's like. Listen, all the songs are printed. We we'd love to take your money. We'll create a little pamphlet flyer to put in the bags, but like the signs and stuff are kind of already created. So yeah. Uh so we're looking forward to to next year, maybe getting a few more. And I, I do want to say I'll say this at tech, but I'm gonna say this to the people listening to PHP Ugly. Our sponsors this year, you should appreciate what they're doing. They are sponsoring uh, a, a conference that they know going into the conference, they don't have numbers for the last couple of years. That's a big thing for for sponsors. Like, okay, what are your numbers? You know, How many people did you have show up? What do they do? Blah, blah, blah. Well, we still got to ask that question, but they, but they realize, oh, yeah, we're giving you numbers from 2019. So these are the sponsors that said, okay, look, we understand you guys haven't put on a conference in the last three years, two years, three years, whatever it's been. And we understand that maybe as a whole, uh, people aren't 100% comfortable for doing these things yet. But we do think PHP is an, is an important community. We think PHP developers are important people. So if you're putting on a conference, we're going to be there for you. That's who we have this year. Uh, so make sure if you, if you have a need for for you know PHP Storm platform uh, SH uh, InfoBip uh, Phone Burner uh, those are the all the all the tiered ones right those are the tiered ones did mm-hmm. I miss somebody I got them all if if you have any need for any of those I... services you remember that they're the ones that stepped up and were here for us when we returned. Uh, so that's, I, I will be always grateful to, to those sponsors. Okay. Tom. Huh? I thought you were about to say something. You like made a noise. I thought you wanted to talk. So. Nah, it's just a standard grunt. Oh, four days, seven hours, <laughs> 41 minutes. And we're, we're at tech. We have keynote kicking off in four hours, four days, seven hours, 40 minutes, and 55 seconds. So is that and that time that countdown is to the keynote? Yeah. That is Jeez. to the keynote. We go All on right. stage 15 minutes before the keynote. So subtract 15 minutes from that. <laughs> nah, nobody's gonna be interested in that. <laughs> All right, uh, I got a little bit of a different in- intro, uh, extra, uh, outro. outro. I got a little bit of a different outro um, for for PHP Tech. It's it's still Harry Mac. Nobody, nobody panic. I, I I know what side my butter is breaded on. 
Uh, I will. Nobody really. Nobody got that? okay. Uh, so Harry Mack is still there, but uh, yeah, I, I just changed the graphics a little bit. All right, uh, that is going to be it for episode 300 and I forget 35. 35. Wow, man, 335. What is wrong with us? We've got to stop this. All right, that's it. I'm Eric. I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, Keep it, it ugly. One, two, one, two. Ah, uh, coming off the top. Y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit. You know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John. You know that he's smart and quiet. Unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me. Shouts out to PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless you with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on.